everybody, Con Artist here for our very last podcast of winter 2017. Uh, so, man, it's it's been quite a season, hasn't it? Let's see how uh, everybody shows wrapped up. So, Dan, for the very last time, bro, Ugh. how was how was Handshakers? It it may not be over. What do you mean it may what? not be? Why would you say that? Because I hate myself. That is vile and profane. No, that's uh, you know we're a clean podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're, you're making children cry in their houses. You need to calm that down. Oh, uh, so to back up a little bit, uh, episodes ten through twelve of Handshakers. Twelve is the last episode of this season, and there was much rejoicing. Yay. Um, so episode ten was all like, you know, they they'd beaten their their last enemy. They got to sit around and like. I guess, work together to show all of the uh, character development that supposedly happened. Now that this girl okay. can talk, like, they wanted to they wanted to get some mileage out of that, but it's just like... like did oh, they win the right, spelling bee or something? Like, like, what was their... She's was like a their... Google Home now. She can talk. No, <laughs> they, they worked at, like, a restaurant or something. It's like, neither of you yeah. has ever worked in a restaurant before. You barely know how to cook. Why is no one else employed at this restaurant? And like, it's and just are the none two of them? And are the well, there's others, but it's oh. like, why are any of the actually like adult trained chefs and whatnot not a little bit upset that their bosses have called in a couple of children to apparently take their jobs for less pay? Because that's pretty hmm. much how Japan works in an anime. They're uh-huh. like children, clearly more competent than adults. Apparently, if they Let's know how to pilot our robots, they know how to flip our burgers. Yeah, just <laughs> I, hire them. Dang I it. guess. I guess. But anyway, after that episode produced almost nothing, this, the penultimate episode was, like, all flashbacks to a bunch of characters we don't care about. Oh, good. Like, explaining, <laughs> essentially explaining okay. how everything got to the point it was at at the beginning of the show. Then Dan, the fu- I literally hope this was, like, a gray montage of just, like, that one girl's boobs, some <laughs> idol singer, and, like... Just camera The two angles. lead characters, yeah, just holding hands awkwardly at different camera angles. And they, like, made it really dramatic. The lead character's like, it's been such a journey to get here. <laughs> I would have honestly preferred that because I wouldn't have had to try to go through whatever mental gymnastics were required to piece together the plot. Long story short, the uh, the scientist who, like, started helping uh, our main characters at the beginning was once a handshaker and his friend who was the other handshaker in his pair, shows up with the girl's uh, twin sister, which we didn't know existed. <laughs> oh, sure. Dan, in, like, a soap opera-esque lit- twist. I just was about to say, you literally went soap opera on that. <laughs> Pretty much. So her twin shows up, like, she still can't talk, and it's like all of her... The, the dude's been pumping her full of drugs to, like, make her loyal to him and suppress all of her emotions so that he can, like, Whoa, keep, man. He can keep okay. fighting alongside her so that he can eventually figure out, like talk to god and get the power to cure her or something but it turns out she but it turns out she was aware this whole time and is totally chill with that that sounds like a bad band name pumped full of drugs talking to god yeah like not bad (laughs) yeah right i actually kind of like that but uh yeah that so she's she just basically says like oh yeah i've been like totally cognizant this whole time wait what is is no one going to point out how terrible this is? That man is a monster. Dan, from what you've said, most of the relationships in this show are kind of uh, unhealthy. So. Oh, absolutely. Not a single one of them, as far as I can tell, is founded on what I could consider a healthy relationship. 
It's well, there you just, go. They're fitting shakers. in. I suppose they are, but like everything is all about like how you know these two these two characters. Their only motivation becomes I becomes I want to be with you forever. It's like okay, that's great. Like she doesn't depend on you to live anymore. So all right, I guess I guess you're stuck together now. Man, I really okay. hope that I really hope we're around for when you both get into like actual high school and. You know, this kid This kid actually gets uh, puberty dropped on him like a ton of bricks. <laughs> but uh, anyway... So what so... you're saying is you want the second season. Uh, sort of. Like, you Scott, want Rugrats what if, all what grown up. what have I told you about profanity? Oh, no, you didn't, man. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, oh, let's, let's not say oh, things we can't take my back. My chest hurts. Uh, oh. uh, uh, Equestria Girls. Oh, God. Uh, moving on. <laughs> So that happens. There's a really anticlimactic final battle with a guy whose power is just explosions. That's his ability, punching and explosions. Wait, when and... did this turn to wizard barristers? Yeah. When did this turn into uh, that hemomancer? Is that uh, awful thing you were oh, watching blood before? Blood of ours. Blood mm-hmm. of ours, yeah. thank you. And at least their powers were slightly more thematic. Eh, but anyway, um, so that all happens. We roll credits, and then... The main characters, like, walk back into this alternate world where all of their fighting has taken place. You hear a different person doing the voiceover, and it's like, oh, this is obviously supposed to be God. And God's just some jackass. He's just this dude standing on a roof somewhere, dressed like he stepped out of a bad men's fashion magazine, who has apparently, like, been the one manipulating this whole thing, despite the fact that there's been zero manipulation going on. Dan, it was all part of his master plan. I look forward to hearing what that was if they do manage to get a second season. I really hope they don't get a second season. Please don't. You know what? If they do, though, I hope it comes out at the same time as Blood of Wars Season 2, and then you're stuck watching both. Oh, God. Wow. That's just mean. That's terrible. I I don't know if I have the strength. You guys said profane stuff in the beginning of the cast. That's that's true. It It was my turn. So that that was Handshakers. A whole lot of nothing leading up to what? Wait, 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 so did nobody got a wish or anything? It was like the Holy oh, no, Grail in no, the end? There's no wish. Like, everyone's just okay. friends now. Even, like, after being oh. punched and exploded. It's just... Oh, good. Everybody right. is friends. Even, uh, even the, even the chain masochist and sadist over there. Huh. Well, oh, good. Friends. I, hey, I suppose. It's like a magical girl show, Dan. You punch them until you're, they're your friends. It's, I mean, there's, there's precedent for this. Usually there's a little bit more to it than that. Scott, magical girl shows are not nearly that bad, okay? <laughs> I, I'm aware. Usually it's like, no, your way of thinking is wrong, and let me explain to you why friendship is better. It's like, no, oh, I'm just going to well, beat yeah, but you like, until you're friends with me. <laughs> or with lasers. I don't know, then there's lasers. Yeah, you, no, you, nobody you had lasers. Sailor, Sailor Moon had lasers, too. Venus has a, has oh, yeah. a laser. Yeah, like, so you anyway, can explain, I, but there's also a screaming pink laser light. Like you need There is no things. screaming pink laser light. There's just tons and tons of needless CGI. The the the, oh. the show continues to look as terrible as ever. Oh. Well, thank goodness for that. Dan, you I am so proud of you though cuz in the end you lived you lived my dream, which was handshakers. <laughs> <laughs> what what kind of anti-malarial medications were you on when you had this dream? I have to ask. Oh, no, remember, I wanted it as part of our our uh, rolling review. Our rolling right, review. Yeah. None well, of you guys would give in to my madness. <laughs> so you at least you you gave in. You lived that dream. I did, and it was more of a nightmare. So 
with that finally out of the way until whatever horrible second season happens, what was next? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll cover uh, Akka. So Akka oh, also, yeah. I, I mean, it seems like it's ended. It's at, uh, we're calling episodes 10 to 12. And, uh, hmm, I mean, I guess I'll say spoiler warning like we did last time, since, you know, this is kind of the, the big plot reveal. But, uh, like, essentially the coup, which has been sort of the the running plot line for the entire show finally comes to fruition kind of like it turns out there were kind of wheels within wheels and like one of the 13 districts was trying to manipulate the other 12 districts into taking over power by using gene was uh, everything solved by everyone loving bread yes actually oh <laughs> <gasps> i'm so happy like like, they basically, they, Akka decided to stage a coup against the prince so he wouldn't disband them. But it turned out it was all a ruse to draw out the guys who were trying to manipulate Oda, Jean, into becoming king to show that they were the bad guys all along. Uh, and then everyone sort of made up and was friends. The well, Royals not entirely, to... but... Well, the royals stopped trying to kill Jean. Uh... They got to go visit their grandfather finally, like, and they, and they know he's their grandfather now. The mm -hmm. prince likes sandwich bread. Uh, <laughs> and is becoming slightly less insufferable. Right. Now, I think that the Sandwiches problem... Sandwiches make everything better. Yeah, the problem for me is that it didn't really... I don't know, it didn't feel like there was any real lead-up to it. Like, they sort of do a mock coup, and they're like, well, Prince, this has been like... This is what it would have been like if people didn't like you. So it's a good thing that you know not to disband Akka, which protects people's peace. And the guy's like, you know, my entire character motivation up till now has been hating Akka and wanting absolute power, but you've totally changed my mind 100%, like for realsies, and I'm going to go with that. <laughs> so it didn't, it didn't really feel like a realistic conversion of his beliefs. It just sort of happened, and he was like, yeah, all right. Mm. Did, you, did you feel like the show ran out of time? or No, I mean, this is obviously what they wanted to do. Like, I mean, they... they, they Everyone kind of, it's like everyone was sort of on a track, and then we reached the end at the same speed we started. So it has the sort of, it, the pacing is very similar all the way throughout the show, which I think Dan mentioned, you know, even during the action scenes, it still feels like it's going the same pace as the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. um, huh. Well, all right then. Yeah, it, I was a little underwhelmed by by how everything went down at the end, because you didn't see it coming. Like, oh, we were actually doing this whole elaborate thing to draw out, you know, these guys who are the schemers. Like, by watching it, you'd sort of assume that the schemers were getting their way all the way up until about the last 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And there had been no real indication that anything else was going to happen. So, like, haha, surprise! Everyone is, everyone was in on it all along. Right. Uh, I, I had, an, I had wow. an inkling just based on uh, certain things that were going on with Gene, but I didn't expect it to go the way it did at all. Which, on the one hand, okay, kind of surprising. So, that was nice, but... It also all wrapped up just a little too neatly. Like it's not perfect. There's one of the one of the districts still is kind of causing tr well has caused trouble for the others, um, but it all just wraps up so perfectly. And some of it due to completely unrelated circumstance that it just feels like there should be more fallout from this. Like even yeah. See, that's what I was about to say. Now I haven't seen the show at all, but like you guys have been talking this whole time about a coup that you know, is going to stir up all the territories or I guess the whole country. And then it, it ends in people liking sandwich bread and everybody's friends. Like, yeah, like the like the coup kind of happens and then like, oh, you know, psych, like not really. Uh, yes, and then everyone's friends. 
Yeah, it's like every... And then all of the problems that we have discussed up until this point just kind of sort of get sorted out. They're great. Everything's all right now. I mean, again, considering that the most of the show has been... You know what? Each of these districts is doing pretty well for the most part, with a few exceptions. I'm not shocked that it went this way, but I am a little disappointed that they didn't go for something a little bit more intense. It's still a fine show, though. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I would recommend watching the show. It's good. Like, the, it, it doesn't look like a lot of other shows. The pacing, like, what it's trying to do is different from a lot of other stuff. And it was an enjoyable mm. watch. Uh, but don't expect it to feel, like, super satisfying when you get to that last episode. Yeah. Enjoy the music, oh, though. The music bad. is surprisingly good. That's true. I like the yeah, music, Yeah, Dan, too. ever since you said it in, like, the first cast when I wasn't there, I am highly addicted to the opener. I, yeah. I absolutely love that opener. And the uh, ending of the first, uh, or the ending of the last episode, I should say, is quite good as well. I think they busted out a different song for that, and it was very well done. Yeah, I mean, very strong show overall, just the ending didn't quite have the big finale you were hoping for. Mm. But Whatever at least that was going to every... be. But at least everything is wrapped up and we don't have to, you know, worry about them holding out for season two. Like oh, some no, it's other certainly shows. wrapped up nice. Like, heck, I would almost prefer something where, like, so every episode we basically met one, maybe two of the districts as part of Gene's travels. And each one has, like, an interesting character to it. And that gets played up as much as they can during the show. But, man, it would be nice to, like, have more time in some of these places. I agree. It, it sounds be- like you need a, um, like, a Prima guide or something. Like, huh. learn about the other districts. Kind of do, <laughs> yeah. actually. But uh, yeah, it would be it would be nice to see a show set in the same world, but I don't think that there's any need for a direct sequel. Like, frankly, if none of the characters ever came back, I wouldn't be too upset. Though I do right. I do wish we had seen more of uh, Director General Mauv. She was awesome. Yeah, she's pretty cool. I like her. Nice. Well, let's all hope for season two, Akka 13 Kanatsu no Sandwich, <laughs> where we explore no a sandwich sandwich. made in all the different districts. Yes. Uh. That sounds epic. Um, So I'll go next. We'll be talking about March. Uh, March comes in like a lion wrapped up. This time around, I'll be talking about episodes 21 and 22. Uh, So I talked a lot about Shimada last time. Uh, The lion tournament is over, and we go back to Shimada's hometown, um, and we, we get to see a lot about how he uses Shogi to connect all the people in town. So he lives in a town that... Actually, is is probably a lot of what Japan faces today. So he's he's like an older old gentleman. And declining young, like yes, people it's away. exactly what it is. So it's a lot of older people. Uh, it snows a lot in the area he's from, and and he introduced Shogi to a lot of the older people so that they wouldn't feel like they were just sitting here dying in this mountainous region and they huh. were trapped indoors a lot. And was, he was, was very this a very plot good point, at the game. Like previously in the show, like because. It, this had not struck me as the kind of show where the main character went around helping people. He kind of seemed like a mopey, self-absorbed type. No, 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 wait for it. Shimada is not the lead character. Oh, Shimada okay. is, the, is the older gentleman who is in, was in the Lion Tournament against the Master. I'll get to Ray in a minute. Okay. But Shimada is, is really there as a... He, he's teaching Ray a little, little something about Shogi passively and, and us, the viewers, too. Because really... The whole time we've we've come to the understanding through Ray, whenever we follow him around, that Shogi is pain and loneliness and just awful, awful memories, and that's really reinforced weirdly enough in episode twenty-two, so I'll jump to the last episode really quick. Ray talks about how he had this experience when he was a little kid on a bus 
they were taking a field trip and like absolutely nobody wanted to sit next to him. I guess this was like after he had been orphaned and everyone was like, you're weird and you're mopey and I don't want to sit next to you. And so he was always that kid who grew up being weird and nobody ever wanted to sit with him. So there, he, he says there's always an empty seat next to me. He needs the to play Karata play... against that other kid. Yeah, yeah he does. Flu. Against like... freaking, uh, what is it? Arashi. Not yeah, Arashi. they seem like they'd be a good pair Arata. of kids. Arata. Arata. They'd be good yeah. pair of kids. Yeah, clearly. So he um he he says that his shogi ticket, the ticket he has to carry around a ticket that tells him who he's playing next in tournaments. That ticket was his whole world growing up because he said that what it guaranteed was that I would always have somebody in the seat next to me. And it's it's this really like heartbreaking moment where you're like all he ever associated with this ticket or with shogi or any of it it really drills home even at the very last minute that all he ever felt from shogi was loneliness and it was like this falsified sense of creating a social world around him like just so that he wasn't so alone that's all that's why he plays shogi it's this desperation to fit somewhere into society even if it's forced Yeesh. through the rules of the game well i hope no one ever gave him a rain check Oh yes. God! No, 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 rain check. But it was, it was pretty, pretty well done stuff. Like, really, uh, I don't know. It, it really doesn't sound like your kind of show, Scott, from what you're saying. But it's, it's not melodrama. It's really well done and really mm. well told, and it's, it's a great show. So, highly, highly recommended. Um, and, and I think at the end, Ray has grown as a person. He moved up a year despite missing like a million D days of school due to playing <laughs> shogi um he did move up a year and he's grown into a different person and they're starting a shogi club at his school which he's gonna help run and i think it's his goal to move forward not just in shogi but his own life and the manga is still going so i wouldn't be surprised if we see more of this show but you know, he he's learned a lot. I think as we watched him through 22 episodes, he's learned what it means to be cared for. You know, he got to meet the Kawamoto sisters. He's learned through other people that Shogi doesn't have to just be pain. And whether or not he's able to apply that theory is probably what we'd see if we got a season two. Hmm. But I have nothing but the highest of recommendations for the show. If you're into something a little different, something that tells a powerful story especially through characters and through dialogue and through color uh you you got to get a hold of this one shaft just really does an amazing job it's a great show and you know i i really enjoyed it so definitely nice. awesome. trying something different hmm. all right well i think that takes us to uh tanya uh which i was following which also uh, wrapped up today for those so, of you wondering why, like, Kimono Friends hasn't shown up, Brendan is, in fact, in Japan. Oh, man in Japan. Moment. Yeah, a man in Japan. Living the dream. Yeah, so he's off in Japan. Um, hopefully he'll have interesting things to say uh, if we get on the cast next time. But hmm. he uh, he is not here, so you're just stuck with us three this time. Us you're going to have to find out the, uh, the Kimono Friends people. ending yourselves. Hmm. Oh, no. The <laughs> cheapness. <laughs> Can you survive CG friends this bad? Too. Yeah, come on, friends, too, with a cheapening. This time Good it's gracious. Flash. Oh, heavens. Oh, <laughs> heavens. That's harsh. So how's how's the evil going? Uh, the evil went very well. Like, the the show, I think it, it, it gets possible you could do more, but I think if they decided to end it here, it would end pretty splendidly. Uh, 
let's see, so this is episodes 10 through 12. Uh, the war continues basically to go brutally, but overall well for Germany, uh, or, you know, fake Germany or whatever it's called. Um, the guy who has been empowered by God to fight Tanya finally showed up. Uh, and How'd that work out for him? I mean, he, he put up a pretty impressive fight. Like the majority, I would say, not the majority, but a large amount of episode 11 is devoted to the aerial combat between the two of them. And it's pretty well done. I mean, the show always looks good and the battles look great. Uh, so he ends up losing in the end, but he does manage to like draw out another like begrudging prayer to God on the part of Tanya. So as far as God's larger plan is going, it, this was a success. Like, because oh, okay. So does Tanya, like, wish for success, basically? Basically, God? God, like, put her in this position several, like, many episodes ago. Like, he had this scientist, and he sort of inspired the scientist to build a very powerful magical core, which is, like, these things they wear, like a jewel that sort of enhances their magical powers. And this one was super fancy, but very unstable and prone to exploding. Uh, uh, yes, they, I remember you mentioning that one. Yeah, so God puts her in a situation where, like, basically she's going to explode unless she prays to God, at which point God will use his powers to stabilize the thing and, like, give her a great deal of, of power. And that was basically the setup. Like, over time, through, even if you don't mean it when you start, by mouthing prayers to me, you will come to believe in me because you only use this power in times of dire need, and my point will be proven. I find so, that his point was proven from the get-go when he actually spoke to someone, though. Uh, he tried that, and she was like, I actually don't buy it. Like, that was episode one. She's like, I'm Dude. not putting up with this. I don't I don't believe in you. I don't care if you're talking to me. Get out just of here. Assumed he, just assumed he was going insane? Uh, I guess so. Or just, like, refused to believe that God could exist in the, in, in the modern world. Like, rationality had precluded the existence of God in his mind. Ah, uh, okay. And that was the whole argument. Hey, modern times are so convenient. What, like, why would anyone believe in God? And he was like, well, fine. We'll put you in a terrible world, and I'll make you believe in me. I will make you pray to me and really mean it. Um, uh, and that's kind of working. Like she's sort of praying occasionally because she needs the power, but she doesn't enjoy it. Like I don't. I think it's kind of backfiring because <laughs> it's always like gritting her teeth. Holy crap! So anyway, yeah, she defeats the guy. Uh, Germany, meanwhile, wins an absolutely stunning like victory, like a a mass encirclement of the enemy army. Uh, on Tanya's uh, recommendations, basically, hey, we're not going to win this war by breaking through to their capital city like in the old days. We're going to win this war by killing all of their soldiers and making it so they can no longer fight us. So once wow, again, is she's this sort like of... the prequel to Men in the High Castle, where like Germany and Japan won the war and we all get screwed. Uh, it's, they're kind of on the way to that because like her objective is basically make Germany win so that she can have an easy life again. Uh, but you know the path to getting there has been difficult. So the last episode, like, the last sort of, I guess, the whatever, episode and a half, we'll call it, like, Germany basically, like, France surrenders their capital and, and calls armistice, and Germany begins celebrating, all their leaders go out for drinks, everything's great. Tanya realizes that it's a ruse, that they're going to essentially withdraw to Algeria, rebuild their forces there, and continue being at war, even though they've lost their homeland. That's uh, and dedication. Yeah, like yeah, a lot wow, of episode okay. 12 was devoted to Tanya and this other guy talking. And he's like, you know, basically she was disciplined for like sort of trying to countermand orders and go there and sink this boat before they got away. And no one would listen to her. Uh, and so she's like super angry about it. But once again, being like the perfect, uh, you know, 
perfect member of the organization, not breaking any rules. So they have this discussion and he's like, well, why would they do that? It's illogical. And she's like, yeah. And she has a long argument about sort of, you know, people aren't always logical. Like there's base instincts. I've seen my own men like lose their cool under pressure. And like, I've seen people hate me with no reason. So it's, it's a pretty well argued thing about like, you know, rationality versus animal instinct. Uh, and she turns out to basically be right. Like that's what France is up to. They vow to fight to the death to take down Germany. Uh, and by the end of the show, Germany's doing so well that the rest of the world is terrified enough that they're going to also make war on them. So Russia and England join the war. Uh, and one of the last shots of the show is like the, the, the daughter of the guy he killed, she killed in episode 11, joining up in America to be sent overseas to help the allies. So it's becoming oh, a really, dear. a truly global conflict. And it's pretty clear God is manipulating things to make sure that life stays difficult for her. Uh, all the time. Now, I know it wouldn't have worked out with God, you know, sticking his uh, <laughs> sticking his hands in all of this to deliberately mess it up for her, but why can't Tanya just do what all German people do when things are getting too tough for them? Just go to South America. <laughs> I'm I mean, pretty sure not Brazil will take you with open arms. Yeah, it is sort of unclear why she doesn't just find an easy life somewhere else, since that is her ultimate objective. But <laughs> I think it's like, you know, she's she the original person that, that became her was like a really, really good salaryman in Japan. So they only she only really understands how to move up in structured organizations. Uh-huh. So like that's kind of part of her the problem, I guess. So the idea of just kind of schmoozing her way into a life of leisure is not uh is not for her. No, she is not charismatic now that's shocking because that's all i thought sales ever does right yeah she's she's not charismatic she is ruthless and efficient but good show like i would recommend it it's it's unlike anything else i'm seeing and i think what i'm particularly surprised by was it's never clear who the good guys are well it's certainly not god well and it sure as hell isn't really tanya either it's not tanya it's in the title she's right she's evil so yeah, I guess I guess it works out like that. Yeah, Man, like, like in the same way March re- isn't for you, this show sounds awful to me. <laughs> like every week when you talk about it, I I didn't understand what was going on. Like I understood, quote unquote, but I was just like, what is the purpose of all this? And then for it to just end I hope it end did it end on like that manga style shot where it's just like shot from a crazy perspective and Tanya's standing somewhere as like America, Russia and England are all coming towards her. Uh, I mean, th- th- that's happening on, like, the world map showing what's happening while she explains the situations, like, the geopolitical considerations that led to it. But the actual, like, more or less last shot, other than this one girl from America, is Tanya giving a speech to her newly assembled troops as they are in Algeria, like, getting ready to assault the French army. And she's basically giving a speech that's like, yeah, hey, like, it seems like God has made the rules of this world in order to ma- ensure that we are never at peace. So let us destroy God and tear him to pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so glad, like, nobody learned a valuable lesson that day. <laughs> and right. everyone was awful forever. Yeah, like, if there's anything that Tani herself is irrational about, it's her hatred of God. Like, she may be a rational person otherwise, but... Screw that guy, seriously. Screw that guy, seriously. So, but yes. And we're all about the God-hating yeah. on, on this set of shows we picked. Yeah, so I guess it seems. So. Hmm. There is, I guess that is sort of like a common theme. But anyway, I would recommend Tani to people who like, I guess, gray moral, like, war drama. Hmm. 
Like it's it is very much unlike other any other show I've seen. Like there are there's no good guys. You sort of root for Tanya because she's fighting God, but she's awful. And all the people she's fighting, the other you know the other soldiers aren't good either. All right. Fascinating. Which takes us back to another great show with a positive message, right, Sue? See, I was about to to segue in and just be like, speaking of people who do things and then don't really want to do them, that's that's my segue. But yeah, you're right. Um, yes, so another show with positive, uplifting, good teenage moral values. Um, so Kuzuno Honkai, <laughs> I'll be talking about episodes 10 and 11. Uh, episode 12, the last episode, aired today, but I haven't gotten a chance to see it. Um, I actually want to take a quick step back into episode 9. It was one of the episodes I had to blitz through last time, and it's very, very critical. So in episode 9, um, this is where Sanae, or Echan, breaks ties effectively with Hanabi. She's like, you know, we've they, they've been sleeping together quite a bit, and she's like, I can't be friends with you anymore, and I can't, we're breaking this relationship, and we certainly can't stay friends anymore, because I will probably forever have feelings for you and it's it's not going to work out and uh there's a they they give you this shot of a, a locked door and so hanabi and her are standing out in the rain because in anime all dramatic things happen in the rain and Except she's like sadness, you know we which happens in snow uh, hmm. yeah yeah sometimes but it also happens in rain that's true so she's like i can't you know we can't be friends anymore and hanabi's like no we can just tell me why you hurt tell me why you know tell me why all of like everything you feel and everything that's happening. And Echan's like, I can't, I have to keep you locked out of my person. I have to keep you locked out of my heart because that's the only way I move forward. And that's the only way I keep having relationships. And Hanabi breaks down in this moment and she's like, no, 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 open the door. Let's hurt together. And this is a very important point because up until this point, I think Hanabi has been desperately trying to be the music teacher, Minagawa, and she's been like, if I just manipulate other people, or if I just keep my heart totally closed off, or if I just, you know, sleep with everybody that's male, I too will achieve, you know, like, sexual freedom, and I'll fill the void in myself. And it, it's the first time she really realizes that that's not the secret. She and she alone has discovered that the secret to understanding other people, whether you you know, are sexually involved with them or not, is that you have to be vulnerable with each other. You have to open the doors to the opposite person and you have to let the other person in, figuratively. So it's it's a really critical moment for the show because literally nobody else in the show understands this very, very important point. Man, one so of these guys the got to write a book. That, I was gonna yes. say. Well, then again, Jeez. most of these most of these uh, characters are teenagers, and what is you? What do you have when you're a teenager but a combination of raging hormones and a lack of emotional experience? Right. So it's it all makes sense um when you're when you're watching it, but it's it's a critical moment for both of these characters. It's very very pivotal. Um so episode 10 and 11. It's actually funny cuz last time I was saying I was really really disappointed that Mugi didn't have an arc and he basically just launches himself full force into sleeping with the music teacher. So that continues a whole bunch until he basically has a breakdown and he's like she is never ever going to love me and he just he's like i have made a massive mistake by giving in to her dark web of seduction because this is all it's ever gonna be it's it's gonna be her 
using me whenever she wants. And I don't think that's what I really want out of her. And then there's there's a pivot point where Mugi finally takes the step to try and... Like, he tells her that he's in love with her again. And then he tries to take her out on a real date as though they're, you know, actually a couple. In the meanwhile... The other teacher, the teacher that Hanabi was in love with, takes Minagawa out. And here's the, to just you just want to bang your head against the screen. So Minagawa confesses to him. She's like, I don't know if this is the exact, the real translation, but she's basically like, I am a slut. I sleep with anything that's male. I will always cheat on you. And you're boring. So I'm breaking up with you. And he goes, that's okay. And hmm. she's like, what the heck does that mean? And he's like, that's okay. You keep sleeping with other other men. I'm in love with you. Let's go on a trip. And so they do. And she's and like infuriated. <laughs> and then they do. And she's infuriated. And she's sitting there the whole time. And she's just like, why, why are you not angry that I sleep with other men? That I am unfaithful? That I... Because like her whole world... And I think this is the very first time I've actually seen a character in anime that is a genuine psychopath, like the psychological definition of a psychopath. She doesn't have, she doesn't understand emotions. It's not that she doesn't have, she just doesn't understand how they work at all. And like her whole world is that emotions are like colors and she just collects them. And she's like, I like when, I like watching people get manipulated by me. That, and I've just been doing it for so long that that is me. That's all I exist to do. Is that psychotic or sociopathic? Is that sociopathic? I thought it was psychotic. Hmm. Well, we can argue definitions later. I don't got to do well, I gotta I get what you mean. So. Yeah, I don't know. I might be wrong. But it's it's the actual, like, there's a clinical diagnosis for that. Mm -hmm. So she's got it. And... They just, she goes on a trip and she finally kind of cracks and she's like, why, why are you like this? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really, really in love with you. And you finally kind of wrap up a lot of the motivations. Like the homeroom teacher who Hanabi loves, he's, he's just probably the lamest character in the whole show. The most unrelatable character. Uh -huh. I mean, he, he just has a massive Oedipal complex and he's uh -huh. like, all I want is because his mother died and she never got to like live out happiness. So he's like, all I want from you is to be happy. That's it. I just want to see you happy because to me, you are the love I never really got to give my mother. And so he proposes to her. Oy. And Minagawa's like, oh my goodness. And so she's like, you know what? I've tried sleeping with tons of men, but I've never tried commitment. So I am going to try and marry this guy. This is what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah, she just healthy. makes that choice. Go for it. Yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's super healthy. And she like she actively says to him, she's like, I'm going to cheat on you all the time. And he goes, okay, that's fine. And you're like, what? Everything is wrong with this. I think there's an emotion there I'm missing. I I just, I don't personally get it. And it was one of those bang my head against the hmm. computer moments. But anyway, the, the more important piece is that Mugi approaches her on their date and and she tells him that she's getting married and he realizes that the reason he's been in love with her all this time is because he has like a protector savior complex and to him she was this broken individual who defined herself by sleeping with tons of men that was how she made her mark in the world well, i suppose he wasn't 100 percent wrong right <laughs> yeah i mean that's 
yeah, that's just how it worked for her. So she's like, this is this is who I am and this is all I have. And so Mugi's whole motivation this entire time was to be in love with her to save her from that dark motivation. And so in their last sequence together, it's raining and mm. she's walking off and he like cries to her and he's like, I'm always going to remember you. You'll be remembered for something else other than just like being a slut. And I I can't really love you anymore because I realized the you that I loved was the broken version of you. And now that you've chosen like a different path in a way, like now that you're going to try commitment, now that you're going to move in a direction I can no longer follow, I'm going to let go. And this was his big arc moment where he finally learns to let her go and he lives through that that experience so it was really really well done i'm excited for episode 12 to see how they kind of close the gap because mugi and hanabi actually haven't spoken to each other since episode 8 hmm. so this will probably be 12 will probably be the time they get back together to have a discussion about something but this is a high, high recommendation if you're somebody who even has remote interest in what I've been talking about since I brought this show up. Like, wow, show. You you know how to write about difficult topics really well and, and hmm. give to me characters that have motivations that, for the most part, are very relatable, and you really take that difficult time in a person's life those those teenage years and you just heap maturity onto it and and you, you tell a story in a powerful way so we'll have to see how episode 12 goes but wow what a show yeah it's rare enough to see a show that deals in any way seriously with sex where it's not either a joke or just uh, titillation so yeah exactly so shocking how how good the show is at, at pulling those themes out cool hmm Indeed. Well, that I think about covers it for us now. Um, Brendan yeah, good, will good be work. back winter eventually. Winter 2017. Yeah, winter 2017, wrapping Woo. up. Yep, yeah, Brendan will be back eventually to give us his thoughts on uh, the shows he's been following. But for now, I think it's about time for us to sign off. It's true. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we will be back for a fancy bonus track all about some of the stuff you may have missed from before. I'll be talking about the end of Kuzi no Honkai. We'll talk to you about classic Lloyds. Oh, yeah. And how that Look forward garbage to that, wraps up. Uh, and some of the other shows that we had to leave out due to time restraints. So catch you all next time. Have a good one. This is a podcast by the con artists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your Android podcast app of choice. For more anime and game-related content, please visit us online at theconartistsblog.com. Thanks for listening.